This podcast contains strong language and some adult content. If you are easily offended, this show might not be for you. Hello everybody, this is Dakota from Media Dungeon, your DM for the night. I'm here to let you guys know that if you want to get ahead of the schedule, or if you want to get involved in some behind-the-scenes content, check out our community page, Media Dungeon, on Facebook. If you want to help us out, tell your friends about the show. Word of mouth is super important and we'd really appreciate it. With that out of the way, let's jump right into tonight's episode of Myth and Murder. Last night, New Gordon City was the victim of an attempted terrorist attack. This attack was led by a hate group that was disbanded nearly 30 years ago known as the Fabled Dawn. The brave men and women of the New Gordon City Police Department did all they could to keep us safe. And with the help of the Von Cross family was able to send this regressive group scurrying back into the shadows. Aww. But this victory came at a cost. We lost many lives last night, including Nash and Jonathan Von Cross. It pains me knowing that they were willing to sacrifice so much to protect our home, and now the mythical's responsible walk free. Due to these troubling times, I will now be doubling patrols, and I will also be forced to instate an 8 o'clock curfew for the foreseeable future. I hope you can all remain patient while we do everything we can to keep the people of New Gordon City safe. We require your cooperation to bring these monsters to justice. And then the live feed cuts, and it goes back to the news anchors who immediately begin talking about everything that was said. I call Gabriel. Okay. Give him a heads up if you haven't seen it. And also, this is a time, this is a crucible right now. And the city is going to need a lot of gentle guidance and there are going to be a lot of very vulnerable people feeling very attacked on both sides. And we need to find a way to try and bridge that. To disarm some of the us versus them, some of the humans versus mythicals. Because this is a dangerous road that we're going down. Immediately after that feed, during this conversation with all the newscasters that you guys aren't even really listening to, you're all just kind of sitting silently in this room in disbelief of what is about to happen. Some of the more boisterous of the human side of the city that agrees with what the mayor is doing and believing that, oh, thank God the mayor is finally doing his fucking job. People like Hank Forrester, who has constantly been on the side of the humans when it comes to dealing with the quote unquote mythical threat. Over the next few weeks, the tension in the city continues to build between humans and mythicals, mm -hmm. more so than it has been in a very long time. And that is the end of arc five. Whoa! Oof. Man, the city's in a place! Boo's like, that's not what happened. I know, Boo. Also, you should be my friend Baz. <laughs> you guys get along. Oh, shit. You continue talking to Victor and Gabriel and the people on the council trying to figure out what exactly you're going to do to help the city and also talking to people 
like Micah and the Enclave, trying to figure out what they're going to do with Nash and see if Micah can find where Edwin has gone. I think Ben would head to City Hall and try to schedule a private one-on-one with the mayor. Okay. You're like, I'm running for re-election. <laughs> ben I'm runs running for <laughs> and it turns into a political campaign. Dude. The rest of the campaign. The political campaign. That's it. That's it. It's all we do. No more fighting. Tax bills. Raise taxes to 97%. Start. Arc 6. Benjamin is a comptroller. This <laughs> is to me. The party grows to level 9. And next session, we will pick up nearly two months from now. So, decide what it is you would like to do with your downtime. Over the last two months, the party spends a lot of their time trying to help members of the Fabled Dawn, who have left the organization. Finding them places where they can get fresh food and clean water, some place that they can lay their heads down at the end of the day or end of the night, depending. A lot of people have been staying at Gabriel's Church, which has actually become quite the haven for mythicals, despite the fact that Gabriel is a human. It has not gone unnoticed by some of the people staying there that there's something different about Gabriel. Different as in like, oh, this guy doesn't want to kill all mythicals, or like different as in like, different, he's different, different today. He, there's something more about him. He's blessed. <laughs> Hank Forrester has made a pretty big splash in the news cycle recently. A radio show host that we've talked about in passing a few times before. Uh, he has a few different radio shows and a podcast where he discusses the ways in which humans and mythicals interact with each other on a daily basis and the danger in forcing that upon people. Most people ignored him, but because of the things that have happened in the last few months, people are starting to listen to what he has to say. He's been holding a lot of events all through the city the most successful being a candlelight vigil that he held for Jonathan and Nash von Cross, who have recently become martyrs. Uh, Nash was killed after in custody? As far as you understand it, Nash is totally alive and fine. But normal humans don't know that. The information that the general public received was from the mayor, in which he stated both of them were dead. Since that mayor statement, it's been almost two months. It is October 18th, which is a Thursday. Before we jump into it, we're gonna back up and cover the downtime that you guys got for those two months to see how it is you spent your time and also explain a little bit how you spent your level because you guys leveled up. Just wanted to remind you guys of some stuff that was on your plate. <laughs> the Charlie Faye item thing might be a thing you want to think about dealing with during the two months. Mm -hmm. The silver and the wolfsbane delivery shows up <laughs> that Sean had sent to the warehouse and is just, you guys have that. It's a little late, but still appreciated. <laughs> Dr. Vincent Stryker wanted to have a meeting with Sebastian. That's still on the docket somewhere. And Ben told me at the end of last session that he wanted to try and set up a meeting with the mayor. Which side should we start from? Who is the most prepared to talk about their downtime? <clears throat> I have mine all written out. Go for it. So I was going to spend my two months of downtime uh, 
trying to track, track down Edwin Zoss from the police side, trying to figure out any property he pays taxes on, any place that his family pays for, any estate that Cassiana um, owns, anything like that that would take us to finding him after he went more underground. Then I had written down that I wanted to show up at anything that would be like mythical human riot or like Charleston, Charlottesville kind of thing. All those Hank and Forrester like, events. Put, <laughs> Every single one like, of those Hank Forrester Chill that out, like try and yeah. be like a force that's like consistently there to put out fires. I wanted to, uh, being a police detective, try and get, get in good with uh, the mayor's patrols. And if okay. those patrols are different than the police. Gotcha. Like, I don't know if they are or not, but uh -huh. like, if it's not the police doing patrols and curfew, if it's like a, a Merc group, I want to mm. try and like, ride, do ride-alongs with them and getting good with them and be like, hey, your job's my job. I have to be out later than 8 o'clock because, you know, people just don't murder when it's convenient. <laughs> um... And then I'm also putting tails on, like, uh, Hank Forrester and making sure me and Wallace are very aware of, like, where he lives. <laughs> where he eats his favorite lunch, where he gets his coffee. Yeah, you want to like, know his whole route. His whole route, his, his whole, whole schedule routine. all the time. Okay. Um, those are my four things that I will do in two months. Okay. That's it. I, I got some things that I can I can start to, to lay out there. Um... I would like to get rid of the giant pile of drugs um, <laughs> by doing them. <laughs> by giving them to Sinbad to, uh, uh, as exchange for like a credit. Oh, like, there you go. <laughs> Here, you could use these. I can't. Here you go. I, I need a thing at some okay. point. Yeah, I'll, I'll he, you would, he would be willing to take that as one credit towards something that he has. <laughs> cool. He takes the pile of drugs from you. <laughs> like, I'll get it's a pile, it's all too, good, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, additionally, like, I, uh, somewhere like there's a slip of paper pounds. that says all the kinds of drugs it was. But it was like six. PCP, Man. LSD, all the best ones, which is counter to what I'm going to do Cocaine. next. <laughs> <laughs> which Excuse is. Excuse me? set up a bunch of parties uh, that are rotating like, you know, maybe once every three weeks or so is like a house show warehouse party so that we can start to uh, intermingle with some uh, oh. some humans and mythicals and get them in the same spaces, not unglamored or anything, just enjoying, having a good time yeah. um, with a subtle undertone of Praise Our Lady of Sorrows. <laughs> <laughs> Sponsored by Our Lady of Sorrows Church, right. you know. Like. I figure um, if, like, obviously Sebastian's gonna be, like, involved in that, that would be uh, not a bad direction, especially if we don't go the, like, here, be a Christian thing, but more of, like, hey, there are a lot of people that, like, really need a lot of help in this town, and, like, community buying together shit of being, like, hey, this is, like, it's, like, not youth group, it's like better, <laughs> it's better than It's that. what youth group is trying um, to be, but also well, like safe space we, for like drugs. Like we have the blood lab, right, in the mm -hmm. warehouse. Like X yeah. amount of that could be donated to like a drive, like a reverse blood drive, where people yeah. show up to get a free dose yeah. or whatever. And we can connect it with that. And that'd do the thing that people do where it's helpful. like... Yeah. Especially since... This curfew is hitting the vampire population pretty really hard. hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, they can still go out during the day with like full coverage, but that limits their mobility and 
Yeah. Yeah. I guess and also, it kind of marks them when you're, like, in the middle of summer and you have, like, a sombrero on. <laughs> <laughs> like that six to eight o'clock time span of being like, we're going to show a movie in the park mm-hmm. and we're going to give out blood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or like, like, we'll have like a live show or something and there's going to yeah. be like both a blood drive of people being like, I'm willing to, like humans willing to donate blood and people like that need it coming and getting their dose You guys whatever. are coming up with some pretty good ideas to try and like fix this. The like this social rift. This, this rift that has appeared. Yeah. Additionally, um, I can bounce. I am going to uh, <laughs> run for city council. Uh, in that time, next election that's coming up. So I'm also stirring up like November hey, political October. change. Yeah. yeah, like hey guys, I'm starting to think about running for this position. Here's my platform. I believe you know mythicals uh, in a greater sense should be recognized. As you know, as things that do exist, and we know that they're out there, we want to give them a chance to not have to hide in fear and to be treated like regular people. We had talked about a little bit before possibly turning some of these parties in a way of giving you guys a, a social presence around the city to kind of like out von cross the von cross and be like, we're a group of people, we protect the city. We're like the Von Cross, but we have authority and we're not vigilantes. We work for the city. We're, we work under Commissioner Holcomb. Is that still like a thing? Are you going to like Holcomb turn okay it that way that? a little bit? Is Holcomb okay with the special task force going public? Honestly, if you, he probably would have said no a few months ago, but with everything that's going on and the way he wants to try and like keep the city not on fire, <laughs> and if you guys are doing all this super crazy PR stuff, it would probably be really good to connect a face to that somehow. And if you use the task force as that, he wouldn't be against it. Especially if we, like, we don't want to touch the Von Cross thing with a 10-foot pole, especially acting as, like, the, yeah, as part cross. of the city. As yeah, part you're not of the, bringing the, them up. You're just saying, like, if yeah. someone brings it up to you... Yeah, we're like, well, the they Von did Cross it. The Von Cross are humans, and they do this kind of stuff. Why couldn't we do that kind of stuff? Yeah. And you guys have, you know, not awful, Methods. like, genocide stuff on your resumes. Exactly. You're like, we can do this, and we've done it before. And also the idea that, like, we're here for the people on behalf of the people as opposed yeah. to outsiders coming right. in thinking we have a problem. Being You're like, here to protect the people of the city, not to protect humans against mythicals or vice versa. Yeah, and I feel like if it'd be a... If anyone does harm to the status quo, you are... Mm-hmm. But separating that from the weird militarization that we are like, hey, whoa, we are not the people holding curfew. We are not the people right. doing all of these things. We are a separate entity that do not want that to happen. We're the police. (laughs) But that's like a weird separation. And and I will will directly run in opposition to the mayor with my city council position. Right. So you're not like, you're not running for mayor just yet. Because there's not like an election or anything Mm -hmm. anytime soon. But just making that part of your platform of being like, the mayor's been doing a lot of shady stuff. Yeah. And and frankly, just not telling the whole truth. That's <laughs> and that's the the like part right. that I want to like icing on the cake is like there's some things that he's known about for a while that he hasn't told the the greater public, and I don't think that's fair. And then I wanted to get uh, Sebastian together to brainstorm this gift to give Reina 
through via Charlie because I have a way of getting something or anything from the Feywild, mm -hmm. and we may just want to ask Doug's opinion <laughs> on what on what that is. It would be the perfect gift, whatever it would be. So I think I think that's what we ask him for. Right. Can you give me a perfect gift for, for this person? Right. Yeah. Doug being the goblin from the Feywild that Benjamin befriended and got the power word to summon him. That's who we're talking about. Just a quick recap of that. That's yeah. been a couple episodes. Yeah. That's true. I think that's probably all of my... That's uh, a lot. That's a lot of good stuff. <laughs> a lot of good stuff, yeah, yeah. so... Okay. Um, okay, I guess with my time, I would <clears throat> help Sammy with any sort of research that you were doing as far as digging up dirt or setting up, visiting those shrines that I had set up and like mm -hmm. caretaking for them and sort of trying to make them and the spaces around them becoming like anybody who needs shelter can find sanctuary right. here. Anyone who needs to find help. Are you going to have that meeting with Dr. Stryker? I don't. <laughs> he had spoken with Benjamin about setting up a meeting with you whenever you're free mm -hmm. because he doesn't get the chance to interact with gargoyles a whole lot and wants right. to like learn as much as he can while you're around. <laughs> right. Yeah, I would definitely set up that meeting. I would um, make sure I'm not around. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I would probably go to him. I probably wouldn't bring him to us. Right. Okay. Um, Do you hang out with Baz at all? Baz is in the material plane still, mm -hmm. but he's still looking for Goldilocks. Yeah. Hanging around the Goldilocks bar and like walking around the city just trying to find some type of lead. I'm probably hanging around the Goldilocks bar for a bitch. Oh, you're also <laughs> going to be... I'm probably going to be hanging around what most bars that I... I'm going to be like bar hopping every once a night, you know, <laughs> on a night. And then I'll probably like the Goldilocks the best because it's got a bunch of mythicals that I can Right. I'm sure the party has told Boo of the specific locations that he can go to mm. to meet mythicals. And you're probably super used to meeting every once in a while, like the lesser fae who hang out in the woods and stuff. Yeah. And so. at some point we held your hand and we looked in the windows of your soul and was like, do not go to the Paradise Casino no matter how many fae are there. Dark, dark, evil place. Everything the light touches, it's, light doesn't touch there. It's real bad. <laughs> uh, They're all bad. Don't touch it. We also would probably introduce you to Teddy and say, hey, Teddy, Teddy, Colin, Arthur. Hey, how's it going? He's <laughs> his friend. Uh, well, Arthur probably not. Arthur's still, He's still in hiding. On the down low He's right still now. hiding in his apartment. Uh, you know, he comes out every once in a while, but he's still been laying low. Can mm -hmm. we... Because we didn't give Luke anything to do in this time either. Luke has continued to do smaller jobs that you send him on. Um, stuff that you think that he would be capable of. And, you know, in the last two months he has kind of upped the severity of some of the things that he's doing for you guys. And he's getting back in the swing of things. Mm -hmm. And trying to get used to the fact of being a paladin duo without the duo. The duo. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to send him to find Goldilocks. I think that's a good... Just to locate. Not See, I think Goldilocks should be on any continent. She could be in any time zone on any continent. She could be in any plane of yeah. existence. I mean... If she was trying to hide from the Summer Lord, she could be anywhere. I think, be she's, anywhere, in the, anywhere. I think she's in the material plane because that's the one place the Summer Lord wouldn't go. 
Fair. That's true. You do know yeah. that. She's in Antarctica somewhere hanging out, being like, I'll just stay here for forever. I think she's just staying at the like the Hotel Six, like down the street. <laughs> Keeping an eye on like, I really, I really don't think it's more complicated oh, than that. I think I, she's still in the city. I realized that as part of my tracking down like Zosk and the Fable Dawn members, I could use my locate object to specifically locate their uniforms and like their little emblem patches and their masks that they had. Every day, blow two of those and like help the police like track down those members who are of the still, organization who haven't stepped down who are still wearing their militant stuff and are still holding their onto all their stuff not the people right. who were like hey we're just here because we're poor and stuff yeah. the people who like really believe in Edwin Zosk who would hold on to all that tracking down those people oh speaking of I could ask Victor if anyone when they assaulted the headquarters was killed by Zosk you could, yeah. Definitely. Like as soon as we got back, and they were like, "Speak!" They're like, "Sammy, maybe you should speak to Victor." I could go to Victor and be like, "Yeah, was anyone here, any of our people, killed by Zosk?" Okay, I don't know if he would have that information because that assault that night was very chaotic, and I don't know if he would have seen that or known for sure if Zosk had taken a life. Boo, we haven't really gotten super deep into, like, what's he planning on doing yeah. now that his task is complete? And is he planning on sticking around here? Well, he's planning on being like, I have no place to go. I clearly need to know why these guys just come up and show up and just kill a bunch of big feet. Right. <laughs> Plus, Sebastian had been speaking with you about trying to find you a home in Kelterwood and stuff like that, so... <laughs> That's a that's seems like a good enough reason to keep you yeah. in the general area. Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, when we get back, I gotta do something with Darren. <laughs> we, gotta, <laughs> we gotta deal with we that. Gotta, I'm gonna go ahead and give Darren to Deacon, and be like, "Here's a werewolf. That's part a of a play. kill squad. Yeah. <laughs> who is part of the kill squad? I kind of arrested him, kind of kidnapped him, kind of been holding him against his will." He's pretty brainwashed by He's malnourished and has been drinking his own pee <laughs> Luke took care but of him. But, like, Luke maybe you guys him. could do something with him. Because I don't think he was always like this. He was clearly not always... Drinking his own urine every day. Brainwashed by zombies. <laughs> At That's some point, he was just a werewolf looking for a home. So maybe you guys can deal with okay. that. And just give oh. Darren in custody over to Deacon and let them go back to the woods with him. Okay. And wash my hands of that real quick. We also mopped the cell. Yeah, we mopped the cell real good. Real good. Um, <laughs> I, I have mop. pulled up some... <laughs> Names uh, that we could call our task force. You could also Those go the way of City Pride and go with the city mascot, the the wombat. <laughs> the you gotten city fighting wombat sentinels. Can we please be the wombat? Shielded wombat. Can't be the wombats. That's the name of the football team, the baseball team, <laughs> and the soccer team. God damn it! What about? Except it's like the little wombats. Uh, like, what about the wombat defenders? The wombo wings. Oh no. The wombat wombo the combos. The wombo combos. The wombo combos. <laughs> There's also Wombat World, I think. The amusement yeah, park? You guys have never gone there yet, but it's there. Well, we haven't had never a been a horrifying murder there. The Call of Cthulhu yeah, campaign we hasn't didn't happened in Wombat World yet. Wombat, welcome to Wombat World. <laughs> I'm gonna like look that. up wombat. Then get a side like, You know they poop squares. They poop cubes. I want to see if the. <laughs> they do. Yeah. 
Yeah. You don't. So th you think I'm kidding? If you're a wombat, you're a square. They literally shit bricks, guys. <laughs> Little tiny bricks. They're also real cute. They're real cute shit be... bricks. I started making a list of all the scenes that we specifically have to play through from your downtime. I have the summoning of Doug, the meeting with Dr. Vincent Stryker, the meeting with the mayor. Is there any other things that we specifically have to play through where it's important that you guys have an actual full-blown conversation or can we like summarize some of this stuff? I think most of it's summarized. Oh, um, I might want to talk to Sammy about how much footage you got of the raid on the meeting that we tried to have. That is good. Probably the whole thing, but everything's really smoky. That's fine. We just need the audio clip of somebody saying, For the Fable Dawn. And that, like, Which you have. Like, right in your face. Right in your face. right to you. Yeah. So, my body cam would have got all of the people there the elves and the werewolves and the van, all those people. So, it would have shown that all of those people are in. They're mythical, and we're being like, we need to do something about the Fable Dawn. They're dangerous. And we need to talk about it. Yeah. And then they fight. Attack. That's really good. Yeah. That's what I want to bring to the mayor. And then there would have been like cans fall also, down. Also, that footage is and that footage should be like put on the internet. Yeah, like, yeah. That's what I put wanted. that shit on. <laughs> I'm giving it to you to be like send this out uh, yeah. as a police report. We would have I to go to the mayor. We have like, to make sure you? that Deacon yeah, Victor. We got to make sure they're all are, are okay with their images being in this, or if we have to like because right. there's a lot of stuff that. Get heaped on them. They're all the leaders of their group. Exactly. The only, the, except for like Deacon and them, who no one will be able to identify. <laughs> I think you're golden. Yeah. Upload that shit to view it. Yeah. That's the website I just made up. <laughs> because you can't say view it tube. <laughs> <laughs> tube it. Politically, that's gonna put um, Holcomb pitted against the mayor. Then. Which we gotta How are we navigating about. this? Yeah, so I might want to talk to Holcomb before I talk to the mayor. Because this is going to be You something. guys could all talk to Holcomb. I'll add him to the list. I mean, you um, can just make This is proof accounts. that the Fabled Dawn do not represent all of the mythicals, yeah. and there is a group of mythicals that are fighting against the Fabled Dawn. Yes. Yeah. And it is comprised of all of the leaders of these main <laughs> mythical groups. Yeah, which yep. means the majority of mythicals do not stand with the Fabled Dawn. So yep. the mayors... Which would also smoke. do damage to the Fabled mm -hmm. Dawn, not like the way that they're seen, like obviously every, they, they know that they're everyone kind of hates them. But yeah, mm -hmm. a lot of people would probably leave the group at that mm -hmm. point if they're like, People don't the want us here. The mythicals don't want us to fight for their right to party? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That just kind of came out by accident. This is a sabotage! You know I mean. <laughs> <laughs> These boys are mythicals. Just can't. <laughs> <laughs> the name is the gonna, Beastie that's, Boys. That's who's going to be Canon! Beastie Boys are mythicals! <laughs> that's who's going to be in our house parties. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> The Wombat Boys, that's the name of your group. The Wombat Boys. Wombat Boys. <laughs> I hate this. That sounds like the name of a group that a bunch of like people in a town gave to a group of shitty teenagers. The Wombat Boys. That had like stop signs. signs. You that heard it, Wombat We gotta stop boys. them Wombat Boys. Those Wombat Boys struck again. <laughs> and the Wombat Boys just run with it. And then the rest of the movie is like 20 years later and one of their friends are dead and it turns into like a sad, wrong Steven train spotting. Oh. It's just... No, without a paddle. Both <laughs> <laughs> of those movies together. Yeah. <laughs> Less drugs, all the crazy bullshit. <laughs> Okay, alright, we're gonna play D&D now. <laughs> Let's start with Doug. 
I pull out my scroll, sitting with Sebastian, and I'm like, okay guys, so... Anyone have any specific ideas about what we, uh... A treehouse. Good guess, boo! I like that <laughs> They kinda already got one, Chicks but... <laughs> Chicks dig treehouses. I think Sammy and Benjamin would probably think of this from Boo's strange addition to this conversation. You realize you've never really seen any of them leave that ranger station, and you can only assume that her, Charlie, and Gira all live in that place. Ooh. Obviously, he's like in and out a lot, but... Guest house. He might be right when he says maybe building like this super dope treehouse in the middle of the woods would be really cool. That's true. Plus, like, this is our home, this giant like Tarzan treehouse. That's pretty it's cool. It's like a mansion on the we top get that of guy, tree. Right? That guy who has his own TV show. <laughs> treehouse guy. Yeah. Don't say the name or the show. I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't okay. even want to. It just gets redacted he's, in the. <laughs> he's not a mythical anyway. We would have to go out there to well, do it. Well, Charlie's like, I like you a lot. I got us out. Oh, right. It was Charlie giving it to Raina, not yeah. Gira yeah. giving it to Raina. Yeah, it's Charlie giving it It to seems me. to be some type of fae tradition that Charlie is attempting to deal with here, and that's because Gira is super traditional in his ways. Would so. I have, like, a, an insight as to, like, what Gira would expect from this situation, regardless of what Raina would want? Um, yeah. You don't even have to roll. Um, nope. It's hard to say based off of where exactly he's come from or, like, what court he aligns himself with, if at all, uh, mm -hmm. because you know that he shares a lot of the same opinions as Arthur, as trying yeah. to remain neutral. Some of the more ancient fae traditions, when it comes to things like courtship and stuff like that, ask for the person initiating said courtship would be bringing something to the table to show how much this other person means to them. And there's probably some fine print somewhere along there, wherever these rules are kept, Not stating that this specifically should be some type of important fae item or should be crafted in some way in which it is through fae tradition and stuff like that. So would I be able to like provide insight as an elder fae of this realm, like of the material realm, that um, would be able to like guide, whether it's guiding Doug in what we need or guiding how we structure this like building a, like, basically building a little sanctuary for her, them, but her is the point, and, like, right. yeah. being, like, okay, so doing it out of, like, specific types of trees that are, like, have, that, like, Rowan. have specific mean yeah, have specific meaning. If you worded like, it properly, it probably would still work just as everything else has worked with Doug. Mm -hmm. If you specifically tell him the exact specifications of the thing that you want... He'd be able to do it. If he works similarly to the inn, yeah. then yeah. I have a I have a spell that I know that could give them some sort of protection like that, uh, an arcane lock that could make it so that only the people that they would designate would be the ones able to enter. Enter. Because I feel like that would be something that like Charlie always in. struggles with putting people at risk because of his mm -hmm. presence. And so giving them, like, it would be kind of a symbolic way of him being like, I am a danger, but I would never want to be that kind of danger to you. 
Right. And being like, anything that goes wrong, I know you will be okay. Yeah, werewolves come after him. They just can't get in. Right. Putting an arcane lock inside the treehouse specifically so he has a location that he for can... when he has to turn. Yeah. That'd be pretty solid. And if it's built of like magical fey materials, he wouldn't be able to carve his way out of it. Right. And that would be. Everyone would be decimated on the inside, but. <laughs> That's his he dog would never house. break out. Right. That's his doghouse. And that would be a load off of Gira, because then Gira doesn't have to fucking worry about yeah. that. He's probably going to assassinate my Jeez. daughter. <laughs> yeah. You guys head out to Kelter Wood. You find a nice location out there to build this treehouse with Boo's help. You contact Charlie, tell him to meet you out there. I pull out the, the scroll and summon. Doug saying the uh Do we want speak to... Doug's real name which is Doug Monitus always <laughs> 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 just stellar stellar bullshit name. Yep. There's this quick flash of light. And everything seems to go still. Everything is gray, except for all of you. And in that moment, appearing in front of you in a flash is Doug sitting behind a counter. <laughs> the black and white fades from the area as he is brought into the material plane. Wow. I greet him super warmly. <laughs> Doug seems super excited to see you guys again. Nice to see you, my friend. It's been a long time. Or maybe not any time at all, but <laughs> I don't really hard know. Hard to say. <laughs> hard to say. I'm like catching Charlie up as to like what we're doing yeah. while like he's talking. <laughs> anyway, I... Charlie's amazed. <laughs> he has like never seen magic before. This is crazy. <laughs> I need you to help out an old fey friend of ours that needs a gift given. And I think what would be best suiting for this gift is a new home. I turn. Charlie, could you describe a perfect home for Reyna? I've prepped him a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> he he kind of sheepishly steps forward <laughs> and uh, is just absentmindedly like playing with the zipper on his hoodie, not like super sure what to say. <laughs> um, oh. And Sebastian, you had given him kind of like the quick rundown of like what you were thinking and like who Doug is and what he's capable of. Yeah. <laughs> so he begins to describe something similar to what you explained to him. A traditional fey built treehouse, something that would be a perfect home for him and Reyna, some hidden away location for when he needs to transform on a full moon that'll keep her safe. Additionally, like a sacred garden and like ceremonial space for her to grow her own like vegetables and things like that and like... Be a little fey nymph. Be her know. own little like... Stretch out in the sun. <laughs> yeah, fey nymph. And, uh, and then we also um, need one of those rooms, yeah, to be that more isolated, uh, heavy duty, uh, kind of un unbreakable by a werewolf. <laughs> Anti-werewolf room. Yeah. Anti-demon werewolf room. <laughs> and I'd, I'd like to make a point of being like, there is this safe room that is like for Charlie when Charlie's transformed, but like also the overall space of it has that 
arcane lock that uh, we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's something I can do after okay. it's created. Doug's just kind of like shaking his head up and down like really fast, and he seems to be super excited to help you out in any way that he can. And he outstretches his arms, and he cracks his fingers, <laughs> and he goes down behind his counter. Oh, my God. And emerging from behind the counter is this big burst of leaves as this tree begins to grow up from the ground behind his counter with a massive Tarzan-esque mansion tree house in this large oak tree built in a very specific old fey aesthetic with a nice front porch coming off from the front and like wrapping around the sides so there's actually a space where you can walk out and enjoy the woods and still do a lot of the fire lookout stuff even from up here. And it seems really, really nice. That's amazing. <laughs> can I have brought um, one of the little white flowers? And, you have one yeah. on your lapel. Yeah, and, and put it and like give it to try and be like, you should put that inside for her. I think she'll <laughs> like it. <laughs> do you have one for... Oh, God. Yeah, if Doug that's outstretches possible. his hand and does gimme hand. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I look at him and be like... And give him like a cheeky smile and then be like... Give him a look and look at the, look at the house and like look at it and then be like... Big smile being like satisfied customer kind of thing. Give him the satisfaction of being like... That's exactly what we wanted. <laughs> he takes the flower and he puts it in his pocket. He looks at Benjamin one last time and just gives like a, a respectful bow. I would return the bow <laughs> and say thank you. Doug, as quickly as he appeared, poofs away and Charlie is had his mind blown. <laughs> and his mouth is agape and he's just kind of like stuttering to himself. Just repeating, like, I, I, I didn't even know that something like this was possible. I've never seen he anything a ring like this he in my a entire life. Charlie. Giant stone. Will this work? <laughs> <laughs> he pulls all you guys in and gives you a big hug. <laughs> Sebastian will Thanks this. you for all the hard work. Even the strange lumberjack man. <laughs> We've been eating cereal together for two months. <laughs> Charlie has shared with Boo the experience that is Lucky Charms. He gave him his own box. <laughs> Actually, now that I think about it, before we get too far ahead, we just retcon just a little bit. When you start giving him stuff as some type of payment, Charlie's like, I'll be right back. And he like runs inside. He, after seeing like, okay, you're giving this goblin like a flower for this thing. And he's like, I don't know. What is a goblin like? <laughs> and he comes back with like two boxes of Lucky Charms to give this goblin. Oh my god, yes. What does Doug like, do when he does Doug seems super like confused, <laughs> not really sure what this even is. And he like opens up the box and he looks inside and he looks at all of you for some type of confirmation. I would reach in. I assure I you, would, they're magical. I would take <laughs> Magically delicious. <laughs> I would take one out and be like, "You should definitely try one." <laughs> they're Give best them a marshmallow. I'd be like, first. "I'd be like, they're best with milk or cream." <laughs> he reaches in there and grabs what seems to be nothing but the, the grain ones uh -huh. and like throws them on the ground <laughs> and plucks out like one rainbow and like puts it in his mouth. 
his eyes go wide. <laughs> <laughs> and he starts filtering out all the oh, cardboard yeah. pieces. <laughs> Grabbing just marshmallows. It's just a goblin walking in fucking ditching cereal behind him. And as he's doing marshmallows. That, as he's doing that, he then turns to Benjamin, bows, and spills a little away. more cereal as he bows. <laughs> oh my god, I love goblins as a concept. Uh, and that is the Charlie Duck stuff. Let's do the Striker stuff. Um, to be clear, with Striker, you haven't seen Benjamin in a while. I haven't seen Benjamin. I have no memories. Don't know what's going on. Sorry about that. He said something about his grandma needing some. I don't know. Yeah, I've been I've been really busy with church stuff. I've been around a lot. Yeah, all those mixers. Mm. <laughs> Make no connection to the Von Cross. Oh yeah. <laughs> Giving getting him involved in these greater politics is good, even though it does kind of let him know that I'm a thing. But I'll deal with that when, <laughs> when that happens inevitably. I figure with like the the public view of our group right now, we're just kind of keeping you on the DL, yeah. since you are between bodies at the moment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta find my social security card. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck! I don't know where Carl put that. <laughs> Carl's got all my documents. <laughs> They're all in the freezer. Mm. They're all in one paper bag. You make it clear that you need to meet him at some type of other location, and that. You don't really have the time or space to bring him to wherever it is that the group <laughs> is. So he sends you an address and a time and you get ready to have this meeting with Dr. Vincent Stryker, which you don't know a super whole lot about. Mm -hmm. And you go to this location and it seems to be some type of apartment complex that you head up once again, a bunch of stairs towards the top. This apartment complex is around downtown, pretty nice place. Looks like he's doing pretty well for himself. And you knock on the door and the door opens and there's no one there. <laughs> and you just hear from like the other side of the room, like, come on in, make yourself at home. And you walk inside and the outside wall of the apartment seems to be made out of like nice brick. And he has a lot of industrial metals and stuff around like the stove and he's got a nice granite countertop. And but you really like that countertop. It's a sexy <laughs> countertop. It has almost 30 feet high ceilings. Really nice big apartment at the top of one of these buildings with large windows that overlook the whole city. And you come in and you're like looking around at all the nice stuff that he has sitting on his bookshelves and like all the strange items that he's collected that they let him bring home. <laughs> that are like quarantined, like. <laughs> and you come around the corner and are like a little surprised to see that he's like sitting in front of the stove, with like his sleeves rolled up and is like cooking a bunch of stuff and things are just levitating around him and books are like floating and flipping through them. He doesn't even really seem to be focusing on any of that. <laughs> oh, Sebastian, I'm glad you're here. Yeah, uh, quite a beautiful home you have. Thank you, I appreciate it. Can I do an insight as to, or like an arcana to be like, who the fuck is this? Damn, this is, <laughs> she's got some, some shit figured out. Is that like a, like, what um, level wizard is he? <laughs> um, is he trying to impress you? Or yeah. is he just impressive? <laughs> <laughs> just, just impressive. Yeah, you could do an insight for that. Okay. 
Not one. <laughs> okay. Well, Never mind. <laughs> womp womp. It's going to be some time before the food is complete. Would you like to sit down and have a conversation? Yeah, please. He walks over to his nice mahogany table. He sits down. I've seen a lot of the work that you've been doing for the city. It's impressive. I'm glad to hear you think so. After all the things that have happened with the Fable Dawn and the Von Cross, this is really needed. Try to build bridges where you can. I'm sure you know plenty about that kind of work, having <laughs> the complex nature of what you do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Long-suffering sigh between the two of us. <laughs> I suppose things could be worse. Dealing with the Enclave and the Paladins can sometimes be actually pretty enlightening. How so? I've only had limited work with either. Right. I suppose they get along a lot easier than I first initially thought they would. Hmm. But two groups sharing an ideology so similar, it helps get people through the things that we don't necessarily agree on. I would know that the paladins have the, like, the viewpoint of, like, Keeping humans, like, not quite as hardcore as the Von Cross, but, like, the same kind of thing? The Paladins specifically deal with like otherworldly entities or abominations mm -hmm. or undead or eldritch right. horrors. Right, like the boogeymen kind of stuff. Yeah. Right. And the Enclave is basically just the wizard police. <laughs> right. So there's like a weird overlap there of like, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. But there are a lot of lower ranking paladins that don't know about everything. Right. They know about mythicals and also these abominations. Right. But not but the grander that, complex. They, right. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I guess I would sort of... Uh, it's true, there's a lot of struggle when it comes to navigating the complexities of our dual lives. There's a, an added nuance that I think you carry very well in the work that you do, it seems. And I, um, from what I've heard of the work that you do and the, the work that I've seen the Enclave be involved in, the, the relationships you seem to build are strong ones, and I respect that. Well, you seem to be doing a pretty good job of doing that yourself. Um, it seems like you really trust the people that you work with under the commissioner. My team is... <clears throat> I trust my team more than... I've trusted a lot of people in a very long time. And they've proven themselves more than perhaps they would even expect to hear. Granted, and I would sort of have like a nod of like... There's Sean. They, <laughs> there's some complexities, right. <laughs> as there always are, and sort of have that same sort of like, we both old hands in a, in a complex situation. <laughs> Do you deal with a lot of mistrust amongst your people? I would like stop for a second and I would think about the question, like give it like my full attention and like mm -hmm. let them know that I'm thinking about it and be like, mistrust? Never. Misunderstandings, perhaps, but almost entirely in the time that I've worked with the team that I have, the intentions have always lined up. The, I don't even say difficulty because it isn't difficulties. The contributions of each member is complex depending on the issue 
we're handling. Mm -hmm. And so there's, and I sort of like pause for a minute and like make it clear that I don't talk about this often and it's like a, a moment of not like vulnerability, but like letting him in that I know he had been sort of wanting in like a last time we had discussed, he's like, I want to like get to know you kind of thing. And it's like, right. okay, you've, you've invited me into your space and kind uh, of thing. And he says, I misspoke. I mean, you say that you have a lot of trust more so than they would probably ever know with your group. Are you used to dealing with mistrust among your people, the gargoyles? Ah, I sort of sit back for a moment. Um, mistrust amongst gargoyles is not a common thing. There is standoffishness, and there is being lone wolves, but like having respect for each other. What is the word for that when you're like... Brinksman. You're like separate, <laughs> independent people, but the the like... You live in your own circles, but there's a lot of respect when you do come together. Hermitage. Right. Yeah, like you're hermits, but like Her recognize. <laughs> I don't know what the, that would be. There's a mutual respect that is tempered with standoffish discomfort with social <laughs> situations, perhaps. We spend a lot of our time alone. Why? I just wish to learn more about gargoyles in general. It's not very often that I get to meet any of them. This is the kind of information that I'm sure the Enclave would really appreciate. Plus, it's important that I learn more about the high-ranking members of such an important group. If things keep going the way that they're going, I could see maybe in a century or two this task force turning into something equivalent to the Paladins or the Enclave. I would hope that both the humans and mythicals in the city would have comfort in having all of that. That's the part that's so intriguing. Your group seems to be the only group that truly cares about maintaining some form of camaraderie between the mythicals and the humans. The paladins care about protecting humans against the shadows that they are afraid to look into, and the Enclave is worried about protecting the humans from threats that they do not understand. It's a... Uh... A difficult situation when a significant portion of the population, mythical or not, have dealings with things in the darkness that they don't understand, and when secrecy, necessary secrecy, is added on top of that, since there are things that the humans are not ready to understand, it's important to have people like the Paladins and the Enclave and us, but it is difficult when the mythicals see themselves only being fought against and never protected. And it's important to recognize that humans and mythicals live in this city, and they are already friends and don't even realize it. These are people that work together in the same offices that have no idea. You two continue speaking about Politics. basic political <laughs> stuff. And he continues to cook, and eventually the food is finished, and he pre presents you with both a plate, and you eat the plate. Uh, the <laughs> uh, I guess this is the point in which uh -huh. you would think about what it exactly he has done. Yeah, and I would sort <laughs> of goes, chuckle. I'm so sorry, you don't 
eat at all. <laughs> I get a very, a, a, like, there's a flicker of a coy smile of like, I'm enjoying being intrigued with you. <laughs> this is like two great minds having like a weird, like intellectual flirtatious thing going on. <laughs> if, you're, if you could blush, you would be, but. Hardly. I'm a far older flirt than that. <laughs> <laughs> he says. That's such a good um, line. Make sure that's <laughs> He says, is there anything you do eat? Humans. <laughs> Souls. Um, Souls. Wizards. Souls and wizards. <laughs> powerful ones, preferably. Um, good cook, Want too. Want to cook me breakfast. <laughs> Um, I guess I, we established that, like, I can eat, I just can't... You just have to puke it back digest, up afterwards. Yeah, it's just, I have to then, like, void it somehow, which is back out of my mouth, <laughs> right. right? I mean, I can't poop. Um... <laughs> I don't, I think. There's no ass. Maybe, I've got maybe, a butt. <laughs> maybe you... I feel like I just kind of cat, like, I feel like I, like, cat furball it, uh, you know what I mean? Maybe gargoyles oh, eat... Certain rocks for taste? <laughs> I don't know. There might person. be like a like a like a you can like I don't eat it, but like there's a tactile like what you like mouth like feel like there's to keep a, my a teeth sharp. Well, there's like a to keep my teeth sharp or something like that. Check, I don't know. Check it out. I think you have a gizzard. <laughs> Gargles have a gizzard. And you develop owl pellets. And, but they're like gargoyle pellets, and and the purpose gargoyle of it would be pellets. to like. Clear out pigeons. No. Well, like pigeons, <laughs> pigeons and I other like vermin that are around the church. I eat pigeons. <laughs> Dude, can you imagine some cutscenes? Sebastian sitting on a roof in yeah. the dark, being Batman. Like, and <laughs> the pigeon, and pigeon the lands on his shoulder, and he's just sitting there in the dark, going like full glaze, whatever. He's just like, <laughs> fluff feathers. Sebastian and Vincent go to the roof, and he takes out a pellet gun and he starts shooting <laughs> pigeons. Um, oh, oh, that's what you want. Okay. This is a good game. <laughs> this is the game that we play. He's shooting fireballs uh, at the. <laughs> um, you guys continue having conversations about basic information like that. Yeah, it's weird important pigeon for people shit. To know. At some point, he would receive a phone call and he excuses himself from the table for a moment and goes over into the kitchen area and answers it. And he seems to be having a brief conversation with someone about a ley line leak. And then he comes back into the room. I apologize. Work. Now sleep for the wicked. <laughs> How like loud was he speaking? It would be rude he if He wasn't I like whispering or anything. Right. Um, okay. I guess I would like pause for a moment and be like, not to intrude. Forgive me if I'm overstepping. Ley lines, that interests me for a number of reasons. There's... I'm, I'm aware of the ley lines in the city and they're, they've acted up before. Is and there... he kind of like <laughs> takes a deep breath and like rolls his eyes and not like a demeaning way to you, but as like a, tell me about it. Yeah, like, like shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this seems to be happening, perhaps not more and more, but certainly more than it should in this small of an area. There has certainly been an increase in mythical activity due to Leyline leaks, yes. Uh -huh. um, there is a specific pattern in which, on occasion, the mana that runs through the ley lines can burn at such an intensity that it becomes visible in the material plane. These are 
shown throughout the world as leyline leaks. They appear sporadically all over the world and stay in relatively small radiuses for up to an average of about a decade or so. When these leaks start popping up, it can sometimes cause mythicals to act strangely, uh, specifically the ones that are less intelligent. More intuitive. <laughs> <laughs> Their instincts tend to make them more violent. And some of the more intelligent mythicals seek out this raw power. And it seems New Gordon City has moved to the front of the line. These leaks should only be around for hopefully a year and a half to two years more. And then things should hopefully return back to normal. But until then, the increase in mythical activity will continue to spike from time to time. That makes sense, actually, with the work that I've done and sort of mention a little bit about the leyline leak in like a very vague way. That makes sense that that would be such a draw to someone who's looking for power, looking for quick and easy power that maybe they can't actually wield or contain, but it's leaking out all over the place. Is that something that Zosk and the Fabled Dawn, something that can be taken advantage of in a way that we need to be preparing as a city? Obviously, I don't think that people are going to go on a wild mythical rampage based on the ley lines acting up, but I think that could be used to whip up a riot, if you can see what I mean, on either side. How can we support each other in making sure that the city's safe around this with the two different kinds of influences that we have? I believe your time is best well spent continuing to work with Holcomb. That seems to be the best way to keep the city safe on your end. We will continue to do the work that the Enclave has done forever and try and lighten the load for all of you. It's appreciated. And it's always good to have the interconnectedness between, you know, human side and the mythical side. I actually am wondering, you may have some insight for me. Uh, in the work that we've done, we've come across quite a few situations and materials that have uh, not unknown power to us, but complex relationships with the magical realm. Um, and I would start describing the Darkwood and describing sort of what it, not like, not naming Carl, not naming anybody, but like yeah. talking about the uh, impacts and effects that it can have and the, the like phase altering thing that it can do. Mm -hmm. And like discussing that with him and being like, this is, an, this is a thing that seems to have a dualistic nature. I wouldn't have mentioned the White Oak or anything yet, but. Right. He tells you that this is probably something that he would have to look into to research specifically, because it's not something that he knows of off the top of his head. And that if he wanted more information on Darkwood or anything similar to that nature, he could gather some research. I would be curious to get a little bit of information, but certainly nothing right. warranting a deep, a deep investigation. Uh -huh. It's been removed and dealt with. Yeah. He gives off the vibe of, if it exists in the world, someone in the Enclave wrote a paper on it. Right. <laughs> That's where I was like, hey, be my encyclopedia. <laughs> if you can find that paper, I'd love to read it. I'll, I'll tell you great shit about all the, the Garwell shit if you be my encyclopedia. <laughs> okay. So the two of you come to an understanding that you will continue to have these meetings from time to time. Yeah. And you will teach him more about gargoyles and he will gather more of this information about the dark wood for you. Mm -hmm. 
and keep you up to date on anything that might be going on that would be interesting to you for your line of work or anything that might come up that has to do with the ley line leaks mm. as well. Definitely. And I would um, I would know already about like how much information he knows about the the shrine that the like old Fey shrine, right? Does he know about that? Do I know if he knows about that? Because um, that's under Gira's jurisdiction and such, so right, I wouldn't so be like. He might not be aware of something like that. Okay, I probably wouldn't tell him without checking in with Gira first. Okay, let's have book club another time. <laughs> <laughs> so the night comes winding down. You say your goodbyes and gather up your things and... Before I go, I would invite him to, um, not necessarily to, like, come to church, but being like, we're having, like, we're having this social event thing that's going on as a drive or whatever. Right. A potluck. It would love... always brings him in. Yeah. We would love to see you, and I'd love to introduce you to Gabriel. Easter potluck. Okay. Every time. Um, he agrees to come to some of those events some whenever point. he's free, whenever he's got some free time from work. He opens the door for you and you begin to leave. And he says goodbye to you and then attempts to give you a kiss on the cheek. <laughs> I let him. <laughs> I let him and I take it very graciously and I don't act flustered <laughs> Striker, Play stone faced. Um, to be clear, audience, I'm blushing a little in real life. <laughs> a lot in real life. Uh, I was just saying, could you give a physical description of uh, Dr. Striker again? Just so uh, yeah. Uh, Dr. Vincent Striker is of average height. He's got a larger build to him. He doesn't seem as scrawny as some of the other members of the Enclave. Uh, it works out. Maybe his connection to the paladins brings him into more physical work than maybe some of the other enclave detectives. Almost dark gray hair with whitish silver down the sides of his head, like above his ears. Clean shaven, but still has a little bit of like a five o'clock shadow going on. He has reading glasses, but he doesn't need them. And when you've seen him when he's at work, he tends to wear the Enclave sigil over top of a classy white suit, not like a tacky one, <laughs> with a nice trench coat over top of that with black trim. <laughs> unsee this is Jeff Goldblum. I mean, look at what you're describing and like, I imagined a little bit more like, oh, yeah. He's a little blocky, average height. Who's yeah. that again? The I'm guy who plays on. 007, what's his That's name? That's Pierce Bronson. Brosnan? Brosnan. Brosnan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's canon. <laughs> Pierce Brosnan? Okay. I'm into oh that. my god. Um. That's who I was. Man, the X-rated fanfics are just... Through the roof! Hey, that's how we get our sponsorship. I'm down. Dude, yeah. I'm cool with it. We just need someone to get us on Rule 34. To be clear, boom, we're done. I will yeah. do we're dramatic famous. readings of Sebastian fanfics <laughs> for, like, a Patreon dealio. I'll make that clear. Okay. Well, 